podcast from St. Stephen's Episcopal Church in McKeesport, PA, the friendly church in the heart of town since 1885. We're located at the corner of Walnut Street and 8th Avenue in downtown McKeesport. We invite you to join us this Sunday for worship at 8 a.m. or 10 a.m. For more information, visit our website at stephensmckeesport.com or find us on Facebook. Our celebrant was the Reverend David Kinsey, and our musical director and organist was Georgia Labetta. had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered around him, and he was by the sea. Then one of the leaders of the synagogue named Jairus came, and when he saw him, fell at his feet and begged him repeatedly, my little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her so that she may may be made well and live. So he went with him, and a large crowd followed him and pressed in on him. Now there was a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages for 12 years. She had endured much under many physicians and had spent all that she had. And she was no better, but rather grew worse. She heard about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. For she said, if I but touch his clothing, I will be made well. Immediately her hemorrhage stopped and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. Immediately aware of that power had gone forth from him, Jesus turned about in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? And his disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing in on you. How can you say, who touched me? He looked all around to see who had done it. But the woman knowing what had happened to her came in fear and trembling, fell down before him and told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. While he was still speaking, some people from the leader's house came. Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? But overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the leader of the synagogue, do not fear, only believe. He allowed no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John brothers of James. When they came to the house of the leader of the synagogue, he saw a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. And when he had entered, he said to them, why do you make a commotion and weep? The child is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him. Then he put them all outside and took the child's father and mother and those who were with him and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talatha come, which means, little girl, get up. And immediately the girl got up and began to walk about. 
She was 12 years of age. At this they were overcome with amazement. He strictly ordered them that no one should know this and told them to give her something to eat. This is the Gospel of the Lord. of traveling throughout North America, I've had the opportunity to stay in a lot of hotels. And normally I stay in places like the Hiltons and the Marriott's and the Holiday Inns, simply because they're always reputable, they're always clean. And in today's marketplace, everybody you see has something on their hip called a phone or a Blackberry. And soon after I check out of that hotel, Within minutes, I will receive a survey. And they ask that if you complete this survey, you get so many points put on your, whatever it is they put the points on. And so I would always complete the surveys, and it was always like from zero to five, zero being the worst, five being excellent, outstanding, how, was your, how were you received at the, uh, the, at the welcome desk? And I was always put a five. Uh, how was the rooms? Always put a five. Did you have enough deodorants? Always put a five. I always put fives because upscale hotels treat you like you own the place. And that's good. Do you know why? Because they know that you're going to come back. Now, doctors today, uh, for those of you who have had the pleasure of visiting doctors, they have a scale from zero to 10. And what they will say is, uh, I have a sore arm. Well, let's say, okay, on a scale of zero being doesn't hurt too bad or 10 really hurts, and they take their finger and they place it on the part of your body that hurts. And you go, oh, that's, that's a nine. And, and so they, they give you a scale based on pain feelings. I would like to, as I've thought about that, I would like to think, how would you, today, how would you rate your faith? Zero being really bad. 10 being, I try to be very faithful. And that's a pretty tough one to answer because you may think that you're faithful because you're sitting here in the church listening to the music and the Word of God and, and praying, and so I'm sitting today at a 10. And you pull out of the parking lot and somebody pulls in front of you and you go all the way to a 1 because of what you said was not biblical. So the, the, the scale of our faithfulness varies considerably. 
I, I told you last week about the lady with the multiple sclerosis and how that lady prayed for her and how she was healed. There are people that will scoff at that. Uh, that's, that's, that, that can't happen. And the people that scoff at that, I wonder what their faith is on that scale. If you listen to that story I read from Mark, there was a woman who was hemorrhaging for 12 years, paid all her money to all her doctors, and was no better and had nothing left. And she heard about this guy named Jesus. If I could only touch his clothes. Now, she had to have a tremendous amount of faith to know that if I just touched his clothing, I would be healed. Can you imagine the kind of faith that you would have in somebody like that? And yet the scribes and the Pharisees made fun of her. It's what the scribes and Pharisees have done for years. They were the most respected, most educated people at that time. And when they would see Jesus doing something that they could not do, they would scoff at him because Jesus was doing something that they were supposed to do. Now keep in mind, the scribes and Pharisees, and I'm not saying they all were bad, the scribes and Pharisees could have done the same kind of miracles if they would have paid attention to be obedient. Everyone in this church today can perform miracles. God will give you that power as long as he knows that you are obedient to him and you're faithful and you are a 10 on the scale of faith. Faith is not simply a word. It's a way of life. And for the little girl to be brought back from the dead, that was just amazing. He walked into this room and he said, get up little girl and they scoffed at him now keep in mind that every time that Jesus performed a miracle every time he always took with him Peter James and John his clique so to speak his inner circle those closest to him and the little girl was healed I have no idea what it's like to lose a child. I've lost my mom, my dad, a sister. But to think that I would have to bury one of my children, I just, I don't, I don't know what would happen to me. From a point of faith, I would hope that my faith would be so strong that I could say, thank God. I had that child for 42 years. Just like that couple I told you about from the Westminster Presbyterian Church. Their child died after 18 days. And their faith was so strong that instead of saying, God, why did you do this? I hate you. No, no. They said, God, thank you. For 18 days, we had a little girl. There's a story that I think everybody in this room, when they were little, a couple of weeks ago, 
you, you kind of ran around with a buddy, two or three guys, or a couple of girlfriends. They were very close to you. And, and yet maybe you never really considered them friends, but you were always together. And, and maybe today you don't know even where they are. Uh, I, I only know where my children are because they email me. I haven't seen my son since 2007. He lives in Los Angeles and he travels all over the world. But he and I are always in contact, thank goodness to emails and telephones. We're always talking to each other back and forth. Uh, and, and I don't feel bad about that. I, would, I, I commend people in this church. And I, some of you have your whole family living around here. And I think that is so unique and so neat to know that you can call your brother or sister or whatever. Hopefully the relationship is so great and, and you have that camaraderie. My mother used to travel around visiting all the kids. I used to have to call TWA to find out where she was. But we have a child in, in, in Savannah, Georgia. Uh, I, I've only seen her a couple times in the last couple of years. My daughter in Philadelphia, I get to see her on a more regular basis. Uh, but that's just, a, I don't know whether it girds my faith in them or not. But in any case, when I was running around, I used to run, my, my sister, I was my sister's bodyguard. She was hard of hearing. Uh, and I always had a couple of buddies. And, and, and the story that I'm going to tell you is about these two little guys that hung around with each other. They, they were like seven years old, seven, eight years old. And one of them's name was Billy. And Billy stepped out behind of a car and got killed. Now, can you imagine his little friend trying to deal with Billy being killed. I, I can't even fathom what, it, what gets through a child's mind. Uh, when I return uh, after this, my operation, uh, sometime in the fall, I'm going to do a, a six-week program on death and dying. It's not a, a morbid type of thing. It's really, a, really an uplifting, you know, what happens to me when I die type of thing. Well, a little child that may be six or seven years old, I don't think they can comprehend the loss of their buddy. And so this child kept asking mother, where's Billy? Now, can you imagine yourself trying to answer that question? Well, he's in heaven. Well, where's heaven? Well, he's with God. Well, where's God? You know, a child can ask you 400 questions in a matter of a millisecond. Finally, after day after day after day, he said, I know. I'll write Billy a letter. It's kind of like writing Santa Claus. But the Santa Claus, you see, you can take it to, 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 to Macy's and drop it in his box. Or you can go see Santa Claus and hand it to him. But what do you do with a letter that you're going to send to somebody in heaven? And the mother was absolutely perplexed. And she said, God, how do I deal with this? She was such a woman of faith. And God will always respond to those who are faithful. I promise you, if you are faithful, if you were attend, God will always respond to your needs. He may say yes, he may say no, he may say wait, but he'll always respond. So the little guy sits down and writes this letter. And going through her head was, how do I get this to Billy? 
How can I convince my son that Billy's going to get this letter? And it finally hit her. I know. I'll go and get a helium-filled balloon, wrap it up real tight, and put that inside this balloon, and we'll go to a high hill, and we'll let this balloon go. And she explained that to Billy, or to their son. She's, he said, oh, that's great, Mom. So they, did, they got the balloon ready. They got the, the little note inside. They put it inside, this letter to Billy. And they went to this hilltop, and it was a very, very dreary day. And she said, oh, God, how's this going to work? And so they said, are you ready? And they let go of the balloon. And it kept going up and up and up into the sky with all these dark clouds. And when the balloon just about was at the clouds level, it opened up. The sun shined through. The balloon went through that hole and it closed up. And the little boy said, Mom, Billy got my letter. That's faith. That's faith. When I first came to this church, I was concerned about your health and welfare, spiritually. And I could see a lot of frustration and pain. I'd have probably put your collective faith level at about two because you had so much despair in your heart. And that's okay. If I were to give you your, your faith collectiveness number today, I would say it's a 10. But you know something? I'm not happy with 10. When I come back, and I will come back, when I come back, we're not going to be satisfied with 10 in this church. We're going for 12, 14, 16, because we're going to show God how important this church is, how important you are to him, and how important this church is to the community. That's your goal. And God is calling. He's verifying the fact that we are going for 15. So what is your faith? At what level are you today? Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we, we're in such awe of your patience. We're in such awe of our faith and the sliding scale that goes up and down on a daily basis. Be patient with us. Gird us with your grace and your heavenly benediction. Guide and direct us. Fill us with your love so that we may fill others of your love through us. Let us reach out to go beyond 10 because we are your masterpiece. 
and children of the Most High God. Amen. You've been listening to a podcast from St. Stephen's Episcopal Church, located at the corner of Walnut Street and 8th Avenue in downtown McKeesport since 1885. Heard today were the Reverend David Kinsey and our church choir under the direction of Georgia Labetta. We invite you to join us for Sunday worship at 8 a.m. or 10 a.m. For more information, visit our website at stephensmckeesport.com or find us on Facebook. Thank you for listening, and may God bless you. Thank you.